Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And today we have Scott Reardon. We're in the Phoenix, Arizona area talking to folks who have left performance-based religion and found a relationship with the living Jesus. Scott's a good friend of mine and he's got a great story. Scott, why don't you tell us first, you're a convert, um, why you joined the LDS Church and when? Um, it's, it took a long story. My, my wife and I, we have four children and we were going to a Methodist church and we just, I was heavily involved with the youth. And at one point the minister came to the financial committee, which I was a part of and asked for a raise. And I was the only one that voted no. Um, I was kind of shunned at that point. We, you know, people at the church kind of didn't talk to us anymore and stuff like that. <clears throat> so we quit going to church for about a year. I told my wife, I said, we're missing something for our family. I said, we need to start looking at churches. And at the same time, my oldest daughter, Alexis, she had a good friend that was the bishop's daughter. Um, they became very good friends. She would go to church with them. And in between all that, we tried different churches. I mean, you name a church in the valley, we probably tried it. I mean, at one point, we even went to a Scientology just to check it out because we were wow. we were looking for something for yeah. our family. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what the truth at that point was. Yeah. So, you know, after trying several churches, my daughter says, "Hey, Dad," and I said, "You know, yes, Alexis. She, thirteen or fourteen at the time. She says, I think we should look at." the LDS church. She said, it's making me happy. You and mom, you know, you love each other. We have a good family, but we're missing Christ in our life. And I think we should check it out. So I said, okay, I can do this. And then I reached out to one of my friends, Chris, who was outside of our ward. Cause in my mind, it was, if I started taking lessons with the missionaries in there and there were issues, I didn't want to have issues with my daughter, with the, the friend of the bishop. Yeah. You know? so, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. I didn't, I didn't want to have that. So I went to my friend Chris's house and uh, he's actually one that baptized me when I became, when we, when we converted, but I, we started taking lessons at his house. We had the missionaries there and I questioned a lot of things, you know, they, well, if you read this and you read that, pray about it, do this, you know, kind of, you know, anything, you know, if you pray about it, you know, you'll get the answers. And it, after we had done, I think, three or four lessons with the missionaries there, um, I talked with the bishop um, at where we were living. I said, hey, I said, you know, we're kind of interested in doing these lessons, but, you know, we started here because and I explained the situation. And he kind of laughed at me. And he, he's still a good friend of mine today. <laughs> um, we were invited to a starter ceiling, things like that. I mean, they're, they're very good, very good friends. And um, we started taking lessons in his house. And then we went from elders to sisters. Well, then, of course, sisters, you know, I don't know if it's more emotional, but we had some great sisters that brought us through the lessons and they taught them different ways. And, you know, we had we had obviously some from Utah. We had one from Mongolia um, and it was just fun. And we, we learned. And as a father looking in with the way things were, my kids were all happy. And for me, I don't know if that's what if that was a good reason to, to do it, but it was just my family seemed so happy at that time, right. at the present time. So. So we made that decision to convert and we converted and life was good. We lived there for another year and a half. 
And then I got a job opportunity in Washington State. Um, my wife was an employer of the county. She was a detention officer. And she left that job and we followed my thing to let's move to Washington. Well, we were in Washington 11 months. While we were there, I don't know if it was just because of the ward we were in or what was there, but it just wasn't very welcoming. And I started getting a kind of negative taste towards the church. But I, you know, we went, we did our thing. But your connection was to the culture, right? Yeah. Not necessarily to the teachings. Yeah. It was a culture. The family thing, it, it was good with like family home evening. You know, we always went to friends' houses. You know, we when we were living here still before we moved to Washington, you know, the, uh, the, um, Elders Quorum, you know, president had us over for dinner. We played games with his and his family. You know, his brothers lived in, in that area too. So, I mean, it was, it was all the, yeah, like I said, the culture of, you know, feeling right. good. And it's very, Which, very relationally driven. I find it interesting that you said that the feelings thing came through from the sister missionaries. I'd never thought about that, but totally if the, the young men missionaries are trying to have a logical, reasonable approach, right? There isn't one for Mormonism, right? The mm-hmm. fits, even the even the scriptures don't logically mesh. There's no internal consistency in Mormon scripture. So it really is all about feelings or or there is right. no appeal, I mean, right? There were lots of tears shed between with me, my wife, the kids, the sisters. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, just you 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 felt that. I mean, we had more of the connect. I don't know, you know, maybe they need to quit sending elders out and send more sisters out. Because <laughs> there are know. there are more and more of them. And what was interesting, the last time I was in Salt Lake City, um, it was probably ratio of seven to one sister missionaries versus elders in the visitor centers, anywhere really? there was public interaction. And these were the warmest, kindest, open to conversation. I had several of them give me their emails after we'd talked for like, 15, 20, 30 minutes to say, this has been so good. I just, I want to stay in connection with you. And so, yeah, I, there's, I think there's a relational element. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, the sisters, the sisters were great. I mean, I, because I hadn't talked to them about, you know, talked about the, on the podcast. I don't want to mention their names, but I mean, they, they know who they are. I mean, there was right. someone I was driving semi truck. I went through Salt Lake and one lived a while away and one was in college and they met me for dinner. So it was kind of wow. cool where they were two of our initial sisters and they knew I was coming through and they saw on Facebook that I was coming through town and they said, hey, let's get together. And I was at a truck stop and they came with one of their fathers, came, picked me up. Then the other one had rode the train from BYU up to where we were in wow. Salt Lake. And we met up, had dinner. I mean, it was great. I mean, I, those sisters, because they met so much, man, we were the one sister we were invited and we were actually in her ceiling because she, she got sealed down here in Mesa. Okay. So we were, we were part of her ceiling, and that, that's a relationship. You know, you build those relationships, and, and with me, even though I left the church, I'm still trying to keep those relationships. I have friends from high school. I was going to ask you about that. But, you know, so yeah. are those sisters still talking to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they mentioned me. Um, the one actually lives in Tucson now, and um, she's got a little boy, and it, it's great. We, we haven't gotten a chance to see her, but I know, you know, our relationship was a friendship relationship. It wasn't just all about, you know, the religion. It was friendships, and you know, you build those bonds, you build those friendships, and no matter what, you know, we said we, no matter what happened, we'd always be in contact. Right. And if I send her a message, she'll message back. You know, same with the other ones. The one from Mongolia, she's actually at BYU Idaho. Um, you know, she shares my birthday. It's kind of funny. But she's she's funny, um, but you know, we I I like having those personal relationships. You know, we always my kids would, will laugh about it, but we always all the elders, you know, their last names and stuff. We'd always you know, come up with a, a clever last name to remember because I'm have some interesting last names, you know? Yeah. So like Elder Mawala, I mean, he's awesome. He's, he was one of the best elders we had. I mean, he, he came in and he's from um, New Zealand and um, the kids would call him Koala 
You know, <laughs> you, you build those personals, and you have that love and care yeah. that you, you yeah. feel is yeah. from there. But you know, the whole time I was part of that, and after we moved to Washington, and then we moved back after eleven months, um, and then I was still driving trucks. I was on the road. My wife tried several wards and wasn't comfortable. And then what's funny is the house we rented for a long time. My wife lived across the street from this house, so we knew the owner very well. Very good friend, LDS. You know, we, we moved into his house, and that war, some things happened with one of the um, elders quorum sons, my daughter. We went to them and said, your son's normal, this is odd. And, you know, we were like the ones, you know, that she, the mom called my daughter all kinds of bad words. You know, she's this, she's that. You mm. know, she's this to my son. I said, your son's the one that came over to my house and tried to sneak into my window. I'm mm -hmm. coming to you as parents. Let's fix this. Yeah. And it was kind of where the leadership of the church, and, and then he, you know, like six months later, he's going on a mission after trying to sneak into a house of a young woman. Yeah. You know, and that kind of, you know, it just, all those little things is now I think about my journey in, mm -hmm. and then what I saw from when I, once I stepped back, as my kids got older, and you know, I see Alexis left the house, you know, this and that, and, and just, I, we, we joined just because at, at that time it, it brought our family together, but I don't know if I truly ever, you know, the doctrine, I now after reading your book, you know, Veiling Grace, and talking with Micah and reaching out to other friends and even you know talking to some of bishop friends, and I've actually had a, a friend that he's <laughs> he's a state president, and um, him and I had a great conversation over the weekend, and he is questioning things now because the <gasps> way I approached him on it because Micah says Whoa. don't approach it angrily, approach right. it with love and kindness. Yeah. Right. So he's Absolutely. asking me, you know, why are you leaving, Scott? Why, you know, I can't. Oh, I can't that's wrap an my open hand. door, right? And I said, okay, here's why yeah. I left, and I brought up these things. You know, I mean, in the Book of Mormon, you know, elephants on the plains of the Americas. There were no elephants on the plains of America. And then if you look at like they talk about the battle in in New York, you know, million people died in wearing steel. This, yeah. Where's the proof? Where's these steels? They didn't even have steel mills in those times where this was supposed to happen. So as you really look at doctrine-wise, that's when it really, you know, I really question. And when I, you know, I think it was last November, December, when I saw Micah's testimony on Facebook, I immediately shared that. And then I came here, I mean, we're at Redeemer Bible Church in Mesa, Arizona. I went and talked with Pastor John here. Mm -hmm. And John and I dissected that for hours. And John's become a good friend where I could ask him anything about the religion. Yeah. And He could make it make sense, doctrinal-wise, of the Bible, mm -hmm. not off the the translation from Joseph Smith's Bible, yeah. the Bible Bible, and right. some things that Joseph Smith takes, he, he translates differently, and like Doctrine and Covenants and different things where he's he's taking the Bible into his own words, making thing, you know, making it say doing, something it doesn't say, yeah. right? Yes, mm -hmm. and that, that's you know, John's been a great friend because we have that, we dissected like a Micah's testimony, we dissected the, the scriptures he read and why Micah used those in his in his testimony. And then, you know, last week I'd meet Micah here and talking to him just, it's kind of weird, the love that is shown. And for me, as I talk to my friends and family, I want to have that love and share yeah. that, you know, it's been hard. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man, I don't cry. But it's been hard <laughs> because I led my family down a journey, and then now we're coming back out of it. And you know, you know, my son Chris was in that accident in January. Yes. Um, and when I, and at the time I was still LDS, and I went, I, I lost my job when I went to California to deal with him after his accident, and I lost that job. And when I went to my 
bishop at the time and said, hey, my family needs help. And he tells me there's too many people in the ward that need help. I can't assist you. I'm unemployed. I can't pay rent. I can't buy my family food. Yet he can't offer me assistance when you have this bishop storehouse that, you know, anybody, even non-members can go to the bishop storehouse almost at any time. So, you know, that, that kind of, you know, helps seal things and then just certain conversations I had and when they said that had I been a full tithe payer and attending church regularly, my son would have been in the accident because I wouldn't be being punished by God. And, <gasps> Somebody know, said that to yes, you? I won't mention yeah. who, but it was part of the leadership oh, that I was in. so hard. And when, when I talked to, when I came to John, because I was talking to John at that time, I came to John and John says, Scott, he says, read the book of Job. <laughs> yeah. He said, yeah. read the book of Job and just tell me what your thoughts are. And once I read that, I'm like, okay, you know what? God doesn't punish you. No. You can't be punished. That was kind of the, the ceiling on the cake where, you know what? I'm done. It's time that... I really look at something else. And then mm. I talked with John, you know, we attended several Bible-based, you know, I text you, you know, messaging on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, we, we, we talked. I said, hey, what churches, you know, who do you know, what churches so I can mm. attend? Because, you know, we attended here with, with John. We tried, you know, Calvary, where else are doing your, your, your other right. segments right. with Mike. Um, you know, and we tried all these churches. And, you know, for me, it was still, I was, you know, torn, you know, in and out. And, and, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're going to be having our, our good friend from high school on, you know, talking to her later today. Um, but, you know, when we talked with Rochelle and my wife Kim and Rochelle talking, and we're all trying to make sense of the religion and what are we doing? Because, you know, at the time, you know, Rochelle had two kids out in the, out in the missionary field. Yeah. Um, oh, so wow. So, like, what, what are we doing? You know, are we going to tear our families apart? Yeah. What's going to happen if we tell our kids we're making this turn? You know, my, my son Christian came to me when after Hannah's accident and him and Hannah's accident, he was here. He came back one week and he said, Daddy, said, I just need to tell you something. I don't want you to be mad. He says, I'm not Mormon anymore. I, I hate that religion. I tried to contact out here. Nobody would help me after Hannah's accident. She says, I, I can't be part of that religion if I can't get support. And he said, as he goes to California Baptist University, which has a great program, they have, you know, a ministry staff there, counseling staff there. And, you know, they they took him in and, and helped him. And he connected. I was, you know, we, we attend, you know, like, we're like, you know, CCV here. And there's a church in California in, I think it's Corona um, Grove Church, um, the Grove, I think it's called. But they're like a, they're, CCV does a lot of missionary work with them. So okay. Christian got connected with that church, and that's where he attends, or he'll watch online, he'll watch CCV online. But his friend Hannah was, um, she was Christian, you know, she, she knew we were Mormon when they came to visit when I, we first met her. You know, she asked me some questions about the religion, and, and you know, some of the things she asked, you know, got me rethinking, you know, you know always <laughs> these young young kids get your mind clicking on things. Well, you know, Mr. Reardon, I don't want to be rude, but and I, I love the fact that she could be so genuine. And, you know, Mike says, you know, read, read the New Testament as a child. And here I have, you know, to me, she, she's a child, she's a young woman, you know, she's, she's coming, mm -hmm. well, Mr. Reardon, why? And when you take the innocence of somebody that's truly asking you why, and when I really didn't have my testimony anymore yeah. for the Mormon church, when we met her, I... I can't remember when, she, when they were here, but it was just, you know, another thing that, you know, eye-opening of what am I doing? Why am I still in this religion? Right. And, you know, it's it's time to make that, you know, make a change or do something to, you know, do better for my family. So now that you know the Lord of the Bible, do you see his hand on any of this? Do you feel like those maybe were incidences that he used to open your heart and mind? Um, I totally do. And, you know, I mean, as I, 
as I talk about things in certain instances happening, um, like, you know, you know, the, the unemployment, um, after that I was able to, I got into another job, but once I really focused on the Lord and I, I was, I was baptized on Easter, um, baptized out of Mormonism. I'm, I'm a Christian now just through CCD when I was baptized and I, and I focused on God and I, it was kind of weird. I uploaded my resume on indeed.com and I was contacted by a bank and said, Hey, we have this program for boots to banking for, um, service members, you know, retired, you know, service members and would like to bring in for an interview. Wow. I was like, whoa. And I mean, this was, <laughs> I was baptized and like two weeks later I put my resume up because I was looking for something new. And, um, so I, I know God's hand was in that because I got, I got, I got offered, or I, I, they asked me to come to the social with other veterans and I went on to the social, they went to the social and then the next day we did our interviews and the next day I was offered the job. And you're still and, there. Uh, and, and oh yeah, I'm, I'm there and they, they've mentioned some things of promotional opportunities for me where they want me to go because uh. I'm performing well. But to me, it's like, you know, I, I went through, you know, all those problems at the beginning of the year where and I, I, I just, I was being tried. You know, I mean, the Mormons like say, you know, it's a trial, it's a trial, it's Satan. Well, you know, yeah, I was tried, but when I really just opened the Bible and read certain things and then using the U-Vision Bible where you can look certain, you know, you can just right. go write yes. certain things. When, when, uh -huh. I, when I had anxiety or when I was angry, when I had things, it was very comforting when I just opened the Bible and read. Mm. And then my kids and I said I was becoming more mellow, but I, I had some issues because I, I had some medical things that I, I was fighting from January till a couple weeks ago and I, I didn't tell anybody in the family because we had had Christian's accident and then my mother-in-law's husband passed away and then you know, some, some things happened. I just, wow. my, my, my brother-in-law was, brother was fighting cancer. So I was like, I'm not gonna bring more onto my family because I, I had my own issue with my health right. where I, I fought since January till a week and a half. And my, my wife just found out last week I told her, but I had never told anybody. And then, you know, she was upset. Wow. And then I talked to my mom, she was upset, but God had my hand because, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but in, in February, you know, my, my, my son's a wrestler and he, after Christian's accident, you know, I was just mentally, I was, I was very disturbed. I was having nightmares, you know, I was diagnosed with PTSD because of some things in my past and then the accident like triggered it. So, yeah. but in, in, in January, you know, I put my, I put, we have a, I have weapons in my house and I put a 40 millimeter gun to my head and then I put it on my neck and I said, what am I doing here? God help me. And I dropped my knees and I dropped the gun. And then now I got you in my life. God's guiding me away. There, there's a reason why I'm still here. I don't yeah. know why. Maybe it's to share my story here where helps more people realize. Yeah. Because I was so, I felt so beat down right. by the leadership locally of the LDS church that I contacted for help. I even wrote a letter to the 70 up in Utah. They said, talk to your state president. Well, he didn't do anything. You know, he just, right. have to talk to your bishop. Your bishop makes it, well, you, so you know what? I'm done. You know, it's just, so. Well, and here's the way I see it, right? Back then, we were turning to men, right? We were always turning to humans to try to help us or solve our problems. Now we have God who literally can bring you a job that's better right. than anything you've had before and, and exactly what you need at the time. Literally, when I knew I had to leave BYU because I would be disaffiliating with the Mormon church, God supernaturally 
brought me a job I hadn't even applied for, and I fell to my knees, freaked out yep. that there's a God yeah. that you could have that close a relationship with, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I had yeah. no clue. And then, like I said, you know, af after all those instances, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, I, I text my wife as I was loading the gun. I said, "Do you want to watch?" I mean, imagine your husband, you know, imagine Mike texting you or your wife texting you saying you want to watch. I mean, I, I still have it on my phone because that's a reminder to me of where I was yeah. and where I am. Oh, and, my. you know, praise to God that he guided me and, you know, I didn't pull the trigger. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I told my wife, I said, I don't know why I didn't. I said, I was there alone in our bedroom. I said, I had the gun loaded. I said, I held it up to my head. I was sitting there. But I God. said, then I put it down and I put it under my chin. I said, I put it down and I just dropped the gun and dropped to my knees. I said, why? I said, God's got a plan for me somewhere where somebody needs to hear my story and know that believing in Christ and God, you know, I mean, he, you know, he's enough. You don't need all these other things that I was trying to rely on humans mm -hmm. to help me. Right. Believing in Christ was all I needed. And once I finally, you know, I did that and, you know, I, I did phone counseling. My wife still wants me to go to somebody face to face, but I'm, I have issues with the face to face. I've even, even John here has offered to help me get into, you know, to see a counselor. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to be man and, and not do that. But I think I'll probably take John up on the offer because there's still certain things where I need to talk through. Yeah. But, you know, I can yeah. pray about things and God can help me. But, you know, there's somewhere that God needs me to yeah. help somebody. And I'm here and I don't know what it is. And maybe if I get yeah. into counseling, get, you know, my head a little more straight, you know, I can I can figure that out, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, uh, last week, me, I wish you would have been here because, I mean, when I saw Mike, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm meeting this celebrity. I'm meeting this kid that I've been watching. His testimony helped me open my eyes. You know, it was just more to me where God has a reason. Like I said, when Mike had did a testimony and said, be loving, yeah. don't be hateful. And, and um, I'm, I'm blanking out on your son-in-law's name. Joseph. Joseph. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was talking to Joseph, you know, we, we talked and he said, you know, he said, he said, praise God for everything you've been through. He said, but there's something he wants you here for. Yeah. And he said, you know, keep praying and it's going to come. And I mean, it's going to come. I mean, at some right. point I'm going to know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's where I'm working. Yeah. Because... And how does he know that? Because the Bible says that. Exactly. Right. That right. he calls you for his purposes, right? So right. God's doing something and mm -hmm. your whole journey, he won't waste. He'll take that journey and turn it all to good and use it so that other people's eyes will be open and they'll yeah. come to him and as well. And he, how is this not a perfect opportunity? <laughs> exactly. Right? That's what, when, when, when Mike was up on stage and doing his job, you know, and then he says, well, you know, we're having the podcast local. If you guys want to be part of it, you know, let me know. And I'm like, why didn't Linda ask me? That's like perfect where I can kind of share my story where maybe yeah. I can help somebody. And then, you know. and then you heard from me. Yep. Right. Yes. Yep. And then, and here's the thing. Just, <laughs> and just since we've been here. he didn't tell me that. Right. So it must have been God. So. And just since we've been here, we just interviewed somebody else who also went through quite a lot of trauma and went into counseling thinking, I think I've got this thing going on. And because they went into counseling, that was biblical. What she said was God opened up and what I thought was the root wasn't the root at all. It was this whole, and she said, it just, God just totally blew open my life mm. and what he had for me in my direction. So I just say that as an encouragement to you. It sounds like you're in a similar spot. You may not know, and God may be keeping it from you until you're ready for him to open it up. And so there is no shame in going to godly counselors who have insight that can God can use to so Scott I'm so excited for what God has for you and for your life your 
passion, your vulnerability, your authenticity, um, you just, you don't find that in performance-based religion. You can't. Mm. You're not allowed to be authentic in performance-based religion. And this is kind of one of the reasons that Joel and I um, team up, right? He's been a Christian a lot longer than me. He knows the word. He's He's been to seminary. And so it's a wonderful way for folks to uh, connect with other folks who are kind of farther along, have deeper understanding of these things, and yet you came from Mormonism, so you can help so many believers understand what that's like. Yes. But Mormonism is like a lot of other religions, too. It's similar for coming from Islam or coming from Jehovah Witness or a lot of legalistic places, right? And so what you know and understand that walk from works to grace is not just for Mormons, but it's for anybody who thinks that their works matter, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I'm happy to share, like Sam and I, and hopefully, you know, reaches somebody. And you know, obviously, you guys have my contact information. So if somebody has questions, I'm happy to talk to anybody. I'm, you know, happy to share more. You know, and you know, we're not even into the the baptism and everything else. Right. Here, so. And we're about out of time for this podcast. Yeah. So if you are willing, we would love to do a Scott part two. Um, sure. So. So yeah, I say Yeah, I want to know what kind of like doctoral things you struggled with, what scriptures were yeah. helpful to you, maybe some of the experiences where God showed up and even freaked you out. He certainly so, did me at first. Yeah. Right? All right, so if you're willing to do that, then hey, um, everybody who's listening or watching, um, thanks for being with us for the Unveiling Grace podcast. Thank you, Scott, for sharing. I'm excited that we're going to go to part two and get into more of your story. So, yeah. Grace and peace. peace. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.